the art at getting better at tennis, right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm Brian Lutz of Backhand City. So, the art at getting better at tennis. If you check out my blog story from last week, I did a three part analysis of progression-based learning for tennis players. I'm gonna include a uh, link in the show notes uh, so you can go through this in detail. I even have some student uh, video in here as well so you can kind of see the progressions in real life action. So, the art of getting better at tennis. After 33 years, I still feel the passion for tennis. To me, there is nothing more rewarding than getting on the tennis court and working with students one-to-one. It's their time to invest in themselves and just work on their game and get a great workout. It's one of the reasons my slogan is, find your aha moment. There is nothing more satisfying than see the student involved in front of you in the moment these magical self-discoveries happen. There's a certain pureness to our sport. It's interdependent because you only have 50% say in the conversation but feels so independent when you're driving the ball with such power and efficiency. It feels good to see it happen fast. It doesn't have to take months of training. You can see results in hours. It's one of the advantages I love about getting older and having all these life experiences. The knowledge I've acquired over three decades even surprises me sometimes. (laughs) I've seen a lot of tennis. So in this podcast, I'm going to go over two topics. Firstly, the choice of in-person lessons or the ever-growing course world of online instruction. Now, depending where you live and your level of commitment, the choice is up to you. This choice really involves around your personality trait, your level of commitment, and the urgency you're feeling at this moment in time to solve the problem of playing higher-level tennis today. Secondly, I break down in detail the natural progressions beginner tennis students go through. There's importance in these details and that each stage of your tennis development is crucial to your learning curve. There is no value in skipping stages other than the fleeting psychological euphoria that dissipates very quickly. Uh, First topic, goal setting and the danger of comparison. Like a news feed on your Instagram, comparison can be a dangerous model to live by. Due to the solo nature of our sport, tennis teaches valuable life skills, including self-confidence, decision-making, and perseverance. It's competitive nature, you versus them, as the scoreboard can wait until your game's developed a little bit more. Let's work on your game a little bit before we start comparing yourself to others and worrying about scoring. Goal setting is important, but for now... Let's, I just recommend leaving comparison on the sideline while you enjoy the development of your own growth. Second topic here. Nuance is important to your learning curve. Pay attention to nuance. My methodology is purposeful and my teaching system is easy to learn. But there will be temptation to skip stages. It's normal to be impatient or compare yourself to others. 
to the image or the place that you want to be. Again, those are kind of those goals, but you've got to trust the process. Enjoying the process will be paramount to your accelerated learning curve. And if you skip stages, it's going to affect the growth of your game and how quickly you improve. So this nuance is crucial. Be mindful and stay in the moment so self-discovery can flourish. The game we install together in the beginning is the one you will utilize for the rest of your tennis playing life. These beginning stages lay the groundwork for your tennis future. I speak a lot about this topic in my lesson plans and on this podcast. So please subscribe to this podcast and I will keep you up to date as we keep evolving your game. Now, the first thing we're going to talk about is should you take lessons in person or online? Now, if you want to deal with me, obviously you might have some geographic limitations. I live in Miami, Florida. Now, if you're a new tennis player or you're a laps player that doesn't live here in the grade 305, you want to work with me on your tennis game, or maybe you've hit a plateau and you want a fresh perspective. If so, you've come to the right place. Here's a sample below on my blog, which I'll link to with kind of my philosophy of YouTube and some of the dangers and harm YouTube could do when setting expectations for the recreational tennis player. Everyday tennis players need an action plan. And this professional comparison can be dangerous. And when you look at this video, you'll see it. Um, in short, we're basically driving Toyota Camrys and YouTube is, is kind of comparing us to Formula One drivers, which are these world-class tennis players that we see on YouTube. So some of the practicality of it isn't really there. Secondly, when deciding between online and in-person tennis lessons or really wherever you want to play with me, personality types is a big part of taking these courses. For instance, are you a self-starter? If you have a personal personality trait that is a self-starter, well, then an online course could really make a lot of sense to you because you're a person that likes to do details and essentially is good at really doing their homework. I shot a lot of the coursework here in Miami with real life students. So you're gonna see people evolve right in front of you. I've got novice players, intermediate, advanced players, and of course, some of my teaching staff is in there as well. So if you want relatable, average recreational tennis players, this is what we're really built for. You will end up being surprised at how much you're gonna learn just following a progression and a system. In the course, I've packed 50 tennis lessons into the, the, the course itself, and it's entitled The Complete Tennis Player. It's really interesting the world we live in. With the cost of education skyrocketing, now the online world allows you to learn anything you want for a fraction of the cost, including how to play tennis. Now, let's break down the analysis of progression-based learning, and let's just pretend, let's just start with a beginner tennis player. When you go to my blog, you're going to see this in the link I provide. You're going to see three different videos that were taken over a 12-month period. So you're going to see some of the nuance when I started with the student, how they practiced on their own with the wall and friends, and kind of where they're at now. Um, to give you an idea of the progressions to this learning, I've included these sample videos on the blog. Now, when you work within my methodology, one thing you'll notice in the beginning is I have students working with a very short swing. And I do this on purpose. Uh, there isn't a lot of follow through. At the beginning stage, I emphasize ball contact with the center of the string bed, AKA the sweet spot. 
I do this to build consistency and student confidence. It shows the players the importance of racket face orientation at contact. You know what I'm going to do as this is going on? I'm going to actually play the video in the background. She so can kind of hear the, the uh, tennis going on. Now, one thing you'll notice in the beginning when you see this first video is the high contact point. It's a racket face and the ball. This is a very normal circumstance when you're learning tennis. In a relatively short amount of time, we will fix this. But for now, I let the student play through the things without overanalysis. When I was a younger pro, I used to give a lot of feedback. Now I have decades of experience and I'm more observational and have the confidence to let things grow organically between me and the student. Letting your student learn organically also has the additional benefit of preventing paralysis by analysis or overthinking. It's taking me time and a keen sense of reading the situation and understanding personality type. But more times than not, I let the student play through their errors. These aha moments come from this type of self-discovery. As you'll see in the second video, the student, this is about six months later, is using a longer swing and swinging with much more freedom. You will see the contact point is lower and the racket face closes during the finish, which is a really good sign that the student is building confidence. This natural pronation that occurs from the shoulder and the forearm is a good sign for me as the teacher that we are headed in the right direction. Now I would estimate probably it took her between 10 and 15 sessions, including lessons and hitting with her friends to get to this point that you'll see in video two. Most new players have the goal to play social tennis with friends. On the night we shot this video, you'll see, we did introduce a little bit of doubles to give the student to feel a match play. I simply introduced scoring and court positioning just to get her feet wet. Over time, we'll revisit this, but for now, we continue development. We must walk before we can run. The solution to your continued development lies on the practice court. This student in particular lives out of state and uses my online course to practice drills. And when she can't find a partner to play with, she hits against the wall. The tennis wall is the toughest opponent you'll ever face. But the good news is you can get a lot of quality reps in a very short time. It will take some practice before you get this type of timing, so give it some time when you're against the wall. But as you'll see in this video, there is some urgency to it because tennis is great for decision making. And you can see when you're hitting against a wall, you have to make decisions quickly. And there is only one decision here, and that is to get ready. Tennis is also good for focus. You will become very aware when you hit against the wall. Keep in mind, when you do get to the wall, Start off slowly. Get a feel for your body, the ball, your environment. I recommend starting off with a red ball. Progress to orange, then go to yellow. And when you get to this level, as she is here, get ready because the ball does come back fast. Think of it as a slow, gradual on-ramp on to the highway. Your learning curve kind of works that way as well in the beginning and each day when you warm up. So kind of forgive yourself in the beginning if you're making some errors and just absorb the situation and let your body warm up organically. Give yourself 20 minutes before you get to full capacity. And if you hit a speed bump, slow down, regress, go back to the other level, 
that you were more consistent in. So if, for example, if you start off with red and it was really easy, you got the orange and you were really rolling, you had good timing, then you go to yellow and you're starting to spray the ball and you're getting frustrated, put it in your pocket, pull out the orange ball and reset. If you want to get better at tennis faster, the wall is a great resource for your development and it's free. But you also need a plan because if you, you need to be reinforcing good technique that will translate onto the tennis court. If you're slapping the ball with no technique, you will experience regression really fast. More importantly, trust the process and don't skip stages. Well, that's it. That's today's episode. Thanks for listening to Find Your Aha Moment. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite listing platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. We'll see you next time. I'm Brian Lutz of Backhand City. This was Find Your Aha Moment. That's when push comes to shove. I believe it was inevitable. That's when push comes to shove. Could this be the one that got away? I get the message, guess I knew.